This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hi, I'm Hanif Baharudin. You're tuned in to GG Well Played BFM's video game show. The year is slowly picking up in pace, but let's slow it down a bit by talking about game that's just for it. We're doing a retro review of Stardew Valley later. But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Daryl Ong. Thank you, Hanif. First news of the week is from the Screen Actors Guild American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, or SAG-AFTRA. In a groundbreaking move, SAG-AFTRA has unveiled a deal with an AI tech company, Replica Studios. The deal involves licensing and using AI replicas of voices in video games, allowing Replica to work with SAG-AFTRA members to create and license digital replicas of performance voices. However, this announcement has stirred controversy within in the voice acting community with many prominent gaming voice actors expressing surprise and dissatisfaction claiming that they were unaware of the deal. Their concerns about a lack of transparency regarding details such as consent, negotiation options and compensation which are not provided in the press release. Voice actors such as Damien Haas known for roles in Fortnite and Halo took to social media to express their surprise and disappointment. Some emphasised the importance of being part of the entire game-making process rather than having their voice replicated by AI. Sack after us, chair of interactive media bargaining unit Sarah and Mele expressed appreciation for Replica's engagement in the bargaining process. However, she stressed that the ongoing necessity for a collectively bargained interactive media agreement proper and pointed out that while many developers might want to use such AI technologies themselves, fundamental agreements covering this work should include clear and binding requirements related to transparency, consent, and compensation. As the gaming industry explores new avenues like AI to cut costs. This deal raised broader questions about the future of voice actors in an evolving gaming landscape. Stay tuned for further developments. And now from voice replications to a different kind of buzz in the gaming world, Capcom has introduced a file protection software, Enigma Protector, to back its catalogue of games on Steam. This move is not just about combating piracy, but also about restricting what the company perceives as problematic mods. The issue recently escalated with an update to 2013's Resident Evil Revelations on PC. The update caused noticeable performance problems, leading to a flurry of negative reviews. Steam users attribute these issues to what they call mod-blocking DRM. Enigma Protector, a third-party software, is designed to shield executable files from hacking, analysis, modification and disassembly. While its primary purpose is to thwart attempts at unauthorized access, in practice, it also blocks game mods in Capcom's titles. Capcom has been vocal about its concerns regarding mods, claiming that they can cause reputational damage and be mistaken for legitimate implementations, resulting in bad publicity. This move is seen as an extension of the company's efforts to safeguard its products from unsanctioned modifications. In the past, Capcom faced a highly publicized incident of bad publicity with a mod in one of its marquee games, an unofficial Street Fighter VI tournament stream footage on Twitch of a fighting game with an inappropriate mod installed. Prior to Street Fighter VI release, Capcom also issued a warning to players of a modified version of the game's closed beta version, saying that they could be 
ineligible for Capcom Pro Tour and Street Fighter League if I'm playing on that version. This move by Capcom adds a layer to ongoing discussions about the relationship between gaming companies, mods and the broader gaming community. We'll be keeping an eye to see how this all unfolds. Last but not least, Hi-Rest Studios and Titan Forge Games have exciting news for the gaming community. Recently announced the development of Smite 2, a sequel to the highly popular third-person MOBA Smite, which have gathered an impressive 40 million players since its initial release in 2014. The sequel comes with a significant upgrade powered by Unreal Engine 5, promising enhanced graphics and stunning effects, giving a game a godlike impact. But it's not just about looks, developers are also focusing on improving gameplay with features like an updated user interface, improved matchmaking, and full cross-play and cross-progression support. Interestingly, Smite 2 is designed to cater to various playstyles from the beginning, supporting keyboard and mouse, controllers, and even Valve's Steam Deck. Now, the original Smite isn't going away though. Titanforge and Hi-Rest assure players that the original game will continue to receive regular updates and servers will remain available for the foreseeable future. However, due to the immense task of bringing over a decade's worth of content, not all cosmetic items will transition to Smite 2. For those eager to experience a sequel, an alpha playtest is planned for the spring and interested players can register on its website. Smite 2 will be free to play and accessible on PlayStation 5, Steam Deck, Windows PC and Xbox Series X. Right, that's all we have for this week's news. Back to our main segment. Thank you very much, Daryl. Like we said earlier at the top of the show, it's good to sometimes start the year at a slightly slower pace than the usual. And if you're a gamer and looking for a game that can fit that mode or mindset, do consider checking out Farm Life Simulation Games. We're honing in specifically on Stardew Valley. Najman Maliki shares his thoughts on that game. So for me, uh, I think, uh, okay, I, I know of Stardew Valley and I think like you do too. So I would imagine you would know of Stardew Valley as well, yes. but I've never played. And I, I, I think, um, I, I think like going back to my youth, I guess, um, I grew up with games like, alongside other games, obviously, um, but I grew up playing Harvest Moon, right? There's no Harvest Moon that I can find like that can give me the same level of like, uh, scratching that itch uh, nowadays. I mean, the newer Harvest Moon feels a bit different. It feels a lot different because it's not like pixel art and stuff like that. Yeah, Harvest Moon is exclusively on Nintendo, right? I think it's exclusively okay. I don't, <laughs> I can't be sure for for now, but I I, I played it on my PS1. Oh, I played it on my okay. PS1. It's Harvest Moon Back to. Dang, I forgot the title. See, Back to something. Back to the Future? No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was a while ago. And if we were to go back to like high school or uni days, I think we most of us played Farmville on Facebook. That was, well, that was quite a while, right? But I think mm. we, we played those games to just kind of like chill out and stuff. So at the end of 2023, fast forward to the end of 2023. Um, there's a lot of like hype, you know, going to 2024, getting away from the the, the pandemic. I mean, like getting into this kind of like chuk 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 kind of mindset, kind of like having to do a lot more. I've I, I consume a lot of content from YouTubers who like, oh, these are the books I want to read, these are the movies I want to watch, these are the games I want to play. So it's very high pace, and if you go into like the working life, it's also extremely high pace. So I found this one singular video that talks about like how they want to like 
dial down in 2024 and one of the things that they, the YouTuber was trying to do is trying to get into like chill games and they were going to Study Valley I'm like huh that's interesting Study Valley it's an old game is it still feasible is it still good is it still like um, maintained if you will um, and to my shock it is still maintained and I've never ever played it so it's always been in my back burner to try it out so I just went on Steam Got the game, and it's um, it's wonderful. The latest patch is in the works, and it's going to come out relatively soon. So I'm like amazed by the creator. Okay, yeah. So what sets um, Study Valley apart from other uh, Farm Life Simulation game that you've played before and you have been exposed to, and what makes it so good? Because I think, mm. I mean, to a certain extent, you have the competitors that like you mentioned, yeah, Harvest Moon and whatnot. Uh, mm. Animal Crossing can be considered mm. as yeah, part yeah, of that yeah. that genre as well. But Sadie Valley is perhaps um, in a league of its own, yeah. or rather, it's quite popular for 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 what they bring to the table, right? Yeah. So maybe you can tell us a bit about the game and what makes it so good, and perhaps I guess. Different from the others. Yeah. So um, the bit that I love most about Sari Valley is that because when I I, I I I came in blind, I did not watch any like basic tutorials for beginners and stuff like that. So I came in blind, started playing, um, and immediately got shocked and loved it. Um, so I played the most recent, I guess, quote unquote, farm simulator, which is not really a farm simulator, is Animal Crossing. Um, my wife loves it, so she plays Animal Crossing religiously. Um, the bit that I like about Farm simulators is that quote unquote mundane lifestyle where you forage, you you know plant things, you harvest things, sell things, and stuff like that. That's all in Stardew Valley. You also have the basic things like we do in Harvest Moon and Animal Crossing, which is like being friendly with the um, townsfolk and stuff like that. But Stardew Valley, um, they added a few more things. So one of the things that always find uh, for, for me, I always find it lacking in things like. Animal Crossing and Harvest Moon is a proper, I guess, like progression storyline campaign, if you will. So you don't, there's not much things like to, for you to, uh, I guess, grind towards, which is, I guess, fine if you're not looking for that. But Stardew Valley added that grind feature in. So there's a bit of a campaign that goes in, I guess, like two, three, no, no, I guess more like a week or two into the game. A week or two as in a week or two in the game time. Um... I guess that's one main thing that I love about it, that campaign feature. The second main thing that I like about it as well is it's very fast-paced. Sometimes I don't like that fast-pacedness, but it's very fast-paced. So if you've played um, Harvest Moon and uh, Animal Crossing, the time goes on relatively slowly. So sometimes you want to uh, speed that up a bit. But for, for Study Valley, I believe it's like, 10 minutes is like four seconds. I believe like an hour is like a minute or so. Yeah. So it feels very fast-paced. Um, so within a few hours, uh, oh, sorry, a few minutes, you've completed the day. Sometimes you, you don't have enough time to complete the day to do all your chores. So you have to like plan it out a bit better because it, it's a bit too fast-paced sometimes, which is good for me. Um, you feel that like chuck, chuck, chuck a bit more, but you get to chill-ish. Um, plus, there's this one big main thing that I love about it. You get to fight things, which is like, yeah. which is not normal for a farm simulator. So there's a, a few areas in the game where you get to um, fight with 
other creatures like with the sword you've got an HP um, so now you're opening up I guess another can of worms of like how do you maintain your HP instead of just ex- maintaining your exhaustion level and stuff and I think um, that all those three the campaign bit the um, fast paced bit and the uh, fighting I guess bit um, creates a whole different genre and yeah, this is not even touching the, the 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 amount of collectibles that you can have, the amounts of um, progress that you can have, and the stuff that they are adding on still makes it such a wonderful game, man. Mm, right. So yeah, uh, you mentioned terms like grinding, you know, <laughs> uh, terms like you know, wanting it to be chill. Um, so what's the actual angle for games like this actually? You know, because uh, because I think yes. to a certain extent. I think I, I know what you mean when you said there is an element of grinding that's involved but at the same time it's not the kind of grinding that's that that you mentioned earlier right? Mm. I mean the kind of grinding where you want to grind towards the final mission or towards the storyline right? it's mm. more about like I guess to a certain extent you are in the case of Study Valley I guess farming or harvest, harvesting things mm. right? So, so I guess what's the attractive quality of a game like this you know it, does mm. it is it more I guess meditative I suppose is that is the meditative aspect of the game that makes it quote-unquote enjoyable or relaxing even? Mm. So I think for most farming simulators, yes, I would say it's the meditative aspect, right? It's the menial tasks that you do like day in, day out. But I think another another um, bit that Study the Valley added onto the whole thing is that they created clear goals that you can achieve towards. So the goals are not hard set right so it's not like if you don't do this then everything will die no but also for any completionist or for people who who likes to play and then just like tick 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 things off um it helps you uh direct your gameplay towards a, per- a particular direction that you want to go into um also something very interesting in uh, in in study valley uh, with games like this like harvest moon as well um, not like Animal Crossing, but Harvest Moon, usually the storyline is your grandfather left you a de- dilapidated farm. You have to like take care of the farm. Three years later, he'll come back. Something along those lines, right? Stardew Valley does the same thing as well. So you have to like, keep the farm and then like make sure that the town don't die or whatever. But Stardew Valley added a new uh, like twist to the whole quote-unquote grandfather plot. They added uh, a corporation. So basically, there's a corporation that wants to take over the town for like typical evil corporate things. Lah. You have the option to either go with the town or with the corporates. You don't actually lose anything out. Um, it's just that the goals skew one to the other. So either you become a corporate um, person, I guess, a uh, finance bro. <laughs> so you like farm up to basically grow the corporate goals or you farm up to basically help the orang kampung get out of their poverty and like get their kampung back in order lah. And I think that's a very interesting um, twist for study with it. I play the typical orang kampung trope. I haven't tried out the corporate um, life yet. But yeah, it might be corpo um, <laughs> in my next gameplay. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, 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 what separates Stardew Valley from the other other franchises? Mm. You know, uh, I think I mean you've you've had your, your fair chances to actually play all the other mm. 
the other farm life simulation as well, mm. uh, and 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 you know, the big ones like you know Animal Crossing and then Harvest Moon. What makes Study Valley different or even quote unquote better than the others? Mm. Right. So I think one main attraction that I think a lot of people agree to is the art style. So I think most art styles are skewing towards like more modern cartoony 3D style, which is fine. I think Animal Crossing did that very well. I think Harvest Moon is still trying out. Um, uh, but I think there's a huge chunk of people who still appreciate pixel art um, relatively well. And Stardew Valley just focuses on that mainly, which is great. Um, but also, I think um, they also took some some um, uh, pages of the Animal Crossing book where they start to do um, the ability to basically co-op play with other people. So in Animal Crossing, I can go to your island and you can come to my island, which is nice. Um, but the, the goal is mainly to just go and visit someone's island and see how nice Hanif's island is like and you can come visit my island and see that. In Stardew Valley, what they did was slightly different. So they have a farm. Your farm can be managed up to five, uh, four other players. So you and the other four players. So we can all play as a team and then we can come in whenever and then, you know, maintain the farm and stuff like that, which makes it a lot uh, more cooperative. And then I guess one of the main upsides, I guess, is that fighting bit. It's a very simplistic fighting, like hack and slash feature mode in it. But you can actually up the difficulty by making it a bit more... um a bit more monsters, having a bit more monsters than usual or have it um, a bit drier or have it a bit more difficult, uh, challenging when you are playing in a co-op mode. So this way, um, you really have to get like people in and really like work together on a farm. I think that's very interesting the way they added in. So like you can focus your farm on just a battlefield or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. But you think that that's also indirectly is the reason why you prefer it a bit more the, the fact that it has that fighting element as well. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I do, I know. I noticed. I've been talking about it a bit more, but um, it is it is an eye opening feature for for a farming sim, but. I think it's it's the ability to tweak um, the level of, I guess, a balance between chill and um, uh, uh, grind, if you will, um, in a particular farm sim. Sometimes you play farm sims and you want to just chill. And this is a particular game that allows you to do both. You just want to chill. You just don't want to, like, you know, attack animals or whatever. Okay, whatever. You can do that. But if you want to go and hack and slash some slimy things in a cave go ahead, you can do that too. And both would um, kind of push your agenda towards a better, I guess, farm in the future. Mm. What about the ability to be able to also be in a relationship? I think it's something that yeah. I think to a certain extent people do enjoy as well when it comes to playing these types of games. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, uh, in, in most games like this, usually you build relationships with just um, one, I guess, I guess you're building a romantic relationship, which is fine. But in Study Valley, they open it up a bit more to like you're building relationships with the town folks. Yes, you can also marry somebody, but you can also like be good with um, the uh, town weird guy, or you can also be wonderful with the wizard, or you can also be. Uh, so there's um, options to just like have better relationships with everyone. Maybe you just don't like a particular person, so <laughs> you just don't want to have that relationship with them. That's fine too, and they would not like you in return. Um, I think 
having that kind of wider spectrum, right, it, it's fine. So I think in games like Harvest Moon allows you to like have a romantic relationship with a particular girl or boy, but um, in Animal Crossing, they open it up. So you have a very uh, close relationship with particular uh, friends, but uh, you can't marry them. In Stardew Valley, they allow you to marry them and also be be very friendly with the neighbor boy, whatever. So just like you can be friends with a small girl and with an old man. That's fine too. Yeah. Okay. All right. So these games are meant to be open-ended. Yep. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Guess, but yeah. so, but is that is that is that an end game to it, or like like you know, is that yeah? I mean, I use the term end game, so I'm yeah. suggesting that you know, it's like a, you know, once like a Four or something, when you yeah. finish it, there's an end game content, mm. right? Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it works like that. To be fair, um, um, but but does it work like a conventional games with story where? Once you've completed the story, it's time for a new game plus, or it's time for you to just, I mean, especially if it's an open world game, then it's time mm. for you to just explore and complete all the side missions. You know, how does mm. these types of games work? Actually? So funny you say that Diablo 4 with an end game and stuff. Yes, they do use the end game in Stardew Valley as well. Okay. <laughs> so um, there's a main storyline. So the main storyline ends after the third year ends. So after the third year ends, your grandfather comes back and da 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 da. Uh, but you have the option to continue playing after that as well. But you also have the option of restarting. Again, like a new game plus kind of situation. So when you start off, they actually would suggest you start with a standard farm. So the standard farm has standard resources and stuff. But you can go on and try out other things. So if you want to go down the forest farm route, that would have that will help you get like more things, but you would need to do a bit more things as well. So I guess in a difficulty game situation, it would be like normal. Uh, I guess the standard farm would be the story mode. Normal mode would be like a forest farm. But then they also have four quote-unquote new game plus if you've finished the first playthrough. You can then play um, harder modes like a drought farm. So your your farm is always drought prone. Or you can also have a ghost town farm where there's a lot of ghosts where you have to fight and stuff like that. Um yeah, so I think those are like the new game plus. And literally in the end game mode, people do things like min-maxing, right? So they they uh, maximize and their, their profits and try to minimize whatever mistakes that they are doing every day. So it's, it's a continuous game that you can continue playing in your same farm or you can also restart new game plus and try and min-max and see yeah, um, how fast can you get to a particular point. Uh and I think one of the reasons that drives this most is that Saudi Valley is still well-maintained until today. Even though it's just a one-man team who's maintaining that, the the developer maintains it really, relatively well that we keep on getting new content. And I think one of the best features as well, I guess, alongside um, obviously of the things I've mentioned is that it's you can play it on multiple devices not bearing bearing in mind it's not cross cross uh, progression but cross platform progression but you can still play it on your iPad and you can still play it on your phone and like it, it, it's available on the Android um, Play Store the Apple App Store and Steam um, which you can also play on a MacBook and stuff like that because it's a really Light yeah, game? it's a really light game that you can play on multiple platforms. One downside is that sadly, I don't know why, in Malaysia PlayStation Store, it's not available. I'm not sure about Xbox. It might be there. Uh, but yeah, it's cross-platform. Um, yeah, you can play it on multiple devices if you want to have like two, three farms going on simultaneously. You can do that. Uh, it helps you relax, I think. It helps me relax. Yeah. <laughs> 
Is this game difficult? Oh, uh, yeah. Are these types mm. of games difficult to play or challenging? So I think it's it's meant to be, as I mentioned earlier, right? So if you go down the story mode route, it's meant to be played by literally anyone. Either you are a kid or you are like a 60-year-old um, semi-retired person. Um, you can still play it. It's also meant to be played by any gender um, it's not one of those games who would expect you to know everything. Um, it does handhold you if you need that, and it also allows you to just go ham, go crazy if you if you want to do that. This is, I think, um, the ability for you to choose like different levels, different farms allows you to do that, and I think it's great because if you feel like it's a bit too slow paced, you can increase the pace. If you feel like it's a bit too fast, you can slow down and relax. Mm. All right. Okay. So, um, any last words on on Study Valley? Um, but not just only Study Valley, but in, you know, but also the genre itself. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, I think I would say definitely in twenty twenty four and start of the year, try and um, you know try try something different rather than you know going for the big AAA games. Um, uh, try maybe Study Valley or any farm simulator games. I would definitely recommend Study Valley. It's um, the price one is relatively cheap on Steam. It's thirty one ringgit, and there's discounts on it sometimes. So thirty one ringgit is just like I guess two nasi kandar should be okay. Um, uh, and it helps you, I guess, um, meditate <laughs> in some way. No, I'm not saying from a professional background here, but yeah, yeah, I think it does help people just to chill out. I think we've got so many things going on in the world today. Everything news is always so active everything is so rapid work life balance sometimes it's not there maybe this is the time for you to just chill and you know slow down you're tuned into GG Well Played and that was our retro review of Stardew Valley with Najman Maliki. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on bfm.my. Our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also find our podcast on Spotify. Do share your thoughts and the games that you play via our email ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on X at BFM Radio. My name is Anif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and please take care. This has been GG Well Played. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.